What up? Welcome into another edition of the Sports Cafe. A little bit of a hiatus as we've spent the past couple episodes doing a Facebook Live, which we were actually planning to do tonight. Unfortunately, ran into some technical difficulties around uh, Facebook two-factor authentication. So uh, fortunately for our podcast subscribers, uh, today's episode will be in the podcast format. So welcome in. We've got a special NFL preview edition. Uh, we just completed week one of the NFL season. Unfortunately, we didn't get to record last week, so we'll do our full NFL season predictions as well as recap some of the top games and highlights from week one. So, Mike Bendel, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles look pretty impressive uh, in week one. I know there were pretty low expectations going into the season, but you've got to be pretty excited as the lone NFC East team to record a win in week one. Very. And granted, the Eagles do tend to do better with low expectations, but I couldn't believe how well the team played on both sides of the ball that game. And we'll talk more about it, but everybody seemed to be in sync. And what I've heard is that the locker room just responds a lot better to Jalen Hurts than they did to Carson Wentz when he was with the team. And uh, Ian, the Giants picking right up where they left from last season. Again, we'll get into the details a little bit more, but how are you feeling after week one? Well, I was excited for football season after the Yankees nosedive and the Giants greeted us with a pathetic performance at home for the first time back in front of fans. And I think it was all uh, Denver fans by, by the time the fourth quarter or so roll around. So uh, we will chat more about it, but it might be a long year again for the G-Men. And Mike, your Bears got embarrassed on Sunday Night Football. I believe they were the only team... With a, to draft a quarterback in the first round who did not start in week one, I'm sure you're thrilled with that decision. I mean, I didn't really love it to begin with, and at least, you know what, I got to see his first career touchdown, so there was a silver lining. I got to see him complete a pass, look good doing it. So I would say by week four, he's starting. And it was really the the defense. Can, can you hear me okay? or is it... Yeah, that's better. That's better? Okay. I'll start my thought over then. Just like the Bears, I was scratchy, I think, for my first 10 seconds on the mic. But <laughs> what I was saying was that at least I got to see Justin Fields' first touchdown, and he completed a pass, and I think that by week four he'll start. But I have no idea what Matt Nagy's doing. And it really wasn't the offense's fault. The defense was terrible. Eddie Jackson got paid, and then he basically forgot how to play football. So um, I'll talk more about that when we get to the NFC North, but very disappointing start. All right, so let's let's jump right into then a lot of interesting storylines for both going into the season as well as after week one. And Mandel, we'll start with you, given that your team won, and I believe you are in first place so far in our football pick'em league. So uh, what was kind of the storyline from week one that stood out most to you? Well, save for the Eagles, which I will ultimately get to. I feel like you can't ignore um, the Packers-Saints game, um, especially when you look at how Aaron Rodgers was unhappy the entire offseason, um, didn't even know if he'd be back with the Packers this season, already looked like he was on his way out. I mean, we already know that he's going to exit after the season, and you, you can't ignore the fact that they got destroyed. And granted, Jameis Winston played tremendously, but he, he was a third-string quarterback last season, and... You know, the Packers, who I think were favored to win the division, they just came up totally flat. And Aaron Rodgers looked 
every bit like he wanted out. And this, this, this could not be a good sign for the Packers. Um, I feel like it's going to be hard to, you know, to shake that off. Um, he's going to be playing with one foot out the door, I, I think, for um, quite possibly the rest of the season. Um, and, and Packers fans, uh, they're used to success. So I, I feel like they're not going to take to this too kindly. Um, it could be a pretty rough season for them. Yeah, Mike, I, I agree with you completely. I, to me, that was without question the biggest storyline for week one. I, we all heard the talk about Rodgers. He wanted out. Um, he agreed to his quote-unquote last dance with the Packers. And I think there was kind of this assumption that, okay, he's going to be in Green Bay for one more year. He's going to give it everything he's got. Packers are going to be right back where they left off last year. But in reality, no one ever really considered the opposite, which is the fact that he may have burned this bridge so badly and the fact that mentally he may have checked out that something is just not clicking. So granted, it's one week. It's a little bit early. Uh, I still think I would say this week's game against Detroit on Monday Night Football is the mortal lock of the century. If Green Bay loses this game, I will be stunned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're a, uh, a Packers fan or a, or a fan of Rodgers, I think you are absolutely concerned with the way they played in week one. But I feel like this is also potentially a huge overreaction. I think to both your guys' points, going into the season, everyone thought this is kind of Rogers' year. He's going to have one final stand with Green Bay and you know their title contenders once again. Maybe they're the team to knock off the Bucks. And after one terrible performance, while extremely bad, yes, worse than probably we've seen from Rogers, now everyone's writing them off, or or some are. So. To me, I lean more towards an overreaction, and I think they will be very competitive throughout the year. And, and Rodgers, I know he, there was some talk that he got he got hit in the uh, below the below the belt, I guess, during the game, and that had an effect on his poor performance. So I would, um, at this point, still bet on Rodgers to to take the Packers pretty far. I go back to a couple of years ago when the Packers got off to a slow start, and Rodgers spelled relax proving that he could spell a simple word but it was something where the i guess the media and the fans were overreacting and as a bears fan i've seen this for many years the packers are going to be fine they're clearly the class of the nfc north this year and i think that as ian said it's a very small sample size one game people have bad games so i think this was just a poor performance and i look for the packers as much as it pains me to say it, I think they're going to turn it around against Detroit in Week Two, and then cruise to a AFC, uh, sorry, NFC North division title this year. You're, you're probably right, and I'm not. I'm certainly not ruling out Green Bay, but I mean, you look at the last two seasons; they were 13 and three. I mean, you only got two more games left to lose if you want to match last year's record. So, um, I, I agree, and I think I mean this game against Detroit will be pretty telling. I mean, I fully expect them to blow them out. But uh, what about on the other side, though, with New Orleans? I think people thought that losing Drew Brees there would be a little bit of a uh, of a natural regression here, but maybe I mean Brees was on his last legs, is it possible that Jameis Winston actually makes them a better football team than they were last year? I feel like, you know, he's, he's got his strengths and weaknesses. Like his his biggest strength vis-a-vis Drew Brees is that he's a much more mobile quarterback. Um, so I think the, uh, the Saints opponents, they're not used to that because they're used to Drew Brees being the staple of their team for the last, 
what 15 16 years um so they you know they, they knew what they were going to get they, they know how dominant he is but they still knew how to play him whereas um, winston he, he has a totally different game um and, and i think that it certainly threw the packers off who have had their clashes with the saints over the years given that they usually finish first in their division um you know i i, I feel like to an extent their opponents might figure them out a little bit um because what Winston's going to have to work on is his past issue of being a turnover machine. I, I think he led the league in interceptions the year before he lost his starting role with the with the Bucks. So, you know, if he can work on that, um, I think they can absolutely be a bigger threat. Um, but he's got to, you know, combine the strength that we've seen lately and continue with the element of surprise while still working on what has been an Achilles heel for him in the past. Yeah, don't forget, though, he, yes, he's a turnover machine, but he also is a competent quarterback. He threw for 5,000 yards only you know, two seasons ago with, with Tampa. So, you know, to me, he's a guy maybe can be coached with a better offense, better offensive line, things of that nature. He, he has the arm. He's competent. He has the confidence. So I, I think New Orleans is a team that may end up getting, you know, get better. And they're, they were kind of a wild card to me going in. It's like you don't know what to expect from them this year. They could have an off year and, you know, with the – uh, the hurricane and, and playing in Jacksonville and, and who, you know, all that could be a big distraction, but they, they came out, um, you know, looking amazing in, in week one. I think that it depends. Again, it's one week. Jameis Winston was a guy who threw for, I think it was the most touchdown passes, but also the most interceptions yeah. a couple of years ago. And so this was a situation where maybe with Sean Payton in a full off season with him and learning the offense, he's going to have an outstanding year. But I think that it's a wait and see. The fact that he threw five touchdowns and no picks and the Saints defense destroyed the Packers offense definitely bodes well. So if this is the new Jameis Winston, then certainly they look like a more potent offense than with a diminished Drew Brees at the end of er, during last season. So the fact that Winston came out the way he did the Saints fans have to be thrilled because I certainly wasn't expecting it. I don't know if any of you guys had you told me a quarterback threw for five touchdowns or seven, didn't throw for a touchdown and turn the ball over multiple times. You know which way I think all of us would have gone in terms of picking the um, the quarterback for that game. So it's it's one week. I think Jameis Winston definitely showed a lot but i i need to see more in the coming weeks to to be a believer yeah and you wonder how much having him sit for a year and learn the system and play behind drew Brees, maybe that helped him mature and develop a little bit as a qb uh ian what what stood out to you most for for week one well i know we have a, a few kind of broader storylines but to me i i wanted to bring up what is kind of most memorable and I think that is the opening night game and how competitive it was how much back and forth we saw with the Bucks and the Cowboys I think uh, well I don't want to spoil anyone's picks but I thought for the most part people were not too high on the Cowboys this year maybe this show is a little bit different but uh, you know they put up a, a great fight against the defending champions and yes it was one game but um, you know, seeing Dak uh, after his injury and, and not playing in the preseason look really good, and, and Brady, of course, uh, putting on a performance. I just think it was a, a great opening night for the NFL, and 
um, you know, kind of led into a weekend of packed stadiums with, with uh, crowds and fans and all that. So I think that kind of uh, two-point game to kick off the season is, is what stands out to me. How about the Monday night football game last night? I mean, with the well, that the Ravens well. the and the TV, yeah, the Ravens and, and the Raiders. Money's worth. God knows how many celebrities there. Yeah. And how about this? Because uh, I'm sure you all care about my fantasy team, but uh, so I, I had like a, a three point matchup there, and with the Raiders driving there at the end, if they had scored a touchdown, I was going to lose. But of course, the Raiders got a Raider. They throw an inter an interception in the red zone which gets me three points and then the Raiders scored a touchdown later and I was able to cover and I won by less than a point so uh, thank you to the Raiders they they and no stack correction and they still won yeah uh, Mike Wilde yes. uh, what stood out to you most of week one I mean I think we touched on the the fact that the Saints were the Saints were incredible but to me what what stood out I think Mandel will appreciate this I was really impressed by the Eagles. I thought that Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith looked awesome together. And the fact that, you know, for a long time, you struggled to find a receiver that would be that top receiver in the Eagles' offense, they looked really good. But but aside from that, I, I want to go back to the Thursday night game because I think that Dak, and Mandel, I'll let you talk about the Eagles if you want, but Dak, to me, was awesome. The fact that he came off of that gruesome-looking ankle injury and the first game back against Tom Brady, you could argue he outplayed Tom Brady, that he was outstanding. And the Bucks have a fantastic defensive line, so they shut down Ezekiel Elliott, but that even made it more impressive, that you knew that the Cowboys were going to be forced to throw, and Dak still put up huge numbers. So to me, Dak Prescott was the biggest takeaway of Week 1, the fact that he was just fantastic and you have two offenses in the nfc east that last year had no offenses that were good and part of that was Dak got hurt but the eagles and cowboys look really good to me and how about the fact that the nfc north is winless after week one that was a little bit of a surprise i mean the packers i think that the the vikings bears and lions are all not going to have great seasons honestly i i think that the packers are clearly the favorite in that division but it didn't surprise me I, I mean like the Packers losing to the Saints okay but the Bears weren't going to beat the Rams the Lions weren't going to beat the 49ers and the Although Vikings Bengals did. game was a toss up yeah the Lions put up well, the best fight I think for the record I, I believe you had the Bears with the points so you, you just had them covering that wasn't a, uh, a Bears yeah it wasn't, a, it wasn't a victory <laughs> we didn't get prediction to it was also what, like a nine-point spread. That's true. So yeah, it goes like something like that. Yeah. Eight points. I was, yeah. I was thinking like Bears lose by a touchdown, but they kept it relatively close. For well, and Minnesota lost in overtime. I mean, they yeah. they had plenty of opportunities. Minnesota, I think, will be better than you think. Um, you know, they they had a down year last year, but they were they've been pretty solid the, the past couple of years. Um, so m more on them later as we get to the prediction segment. Uh, to me, I, I think, um, you know, the fact that we've got this great youth movement uh, of quarterbacks, uh, four rookie starters, I believe, um, Trey yep. Lance. Uh, I'm sorry, no, Lance did not start, but I, I think he, he came in and threw a touchdown pass. Uh, Justin did. Fields came in and ran for a touchdown. So definitely a youth movement, and you know that this crop of quarterbacks will be 
uh, you know, compared to each other for years to come. I think I, I had mentioned that all of them but Fields had started, but obviously Trey Lance did not. Trey Lance I, I did know not. That he threw a touchdown. Um, but but will be very interesting to see how these quarterbacks develop. Um, and to me, I, I have found Jacksonville to be a fascinating team. Uh, we obviously know last year they were tanking for Trevor. They bring in Urban Meyer, and now there's reports uh, or rumors. I don't know how uh, accurate they are that potentially Urban Meyer is interested in this USC job, which unexpectedly opened up after the Trojans fired their head coach after two games. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we all kind of thought that Trevor Lawrence is the savior. He's going to come in and instantly turn a franchise around. But uh, the Jaguars got blown out by a team in Houston who uh, I think a lot of us thought was maybe going to be one of the worst teams in football. But they looked very impressive in their week one win without Deshaun Watson, of course, with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback, who quite frankly has been pretty good on every team that he's played for. He's kind of been an under-the-radar quarterback, but that was one of the more surprising outcomes I can recall from week one was the fact that the Texans absolutely blew out Jacksonville. So, um, all right, so that's kind of a recap on the main storyline from week one. Uh, The way we'll do the rest of the show, we'll do a quick home team check-in. We'll follow that up with our divisional picks for the season, our Super Bowl picks, and then we'll take a quick look at week two we'll make our picks there of course we do our weekly picks with the spread uh like we did last season so home team check-in uh we'll do about 60 seconds each um and mike mandel i'll give you your your time to gloat here some of our teams might awesome. not even be deserving of the 60 seconds <laughs> mine <laughs> mine's right there at the top yeah. uh, i'll take a little bit of the extra then um <laughs> but i i you know i i picked the eagles to um to at least cover with the spread here, but I don't think any of us in our wildest imaginations expected what we got on Sunday. Um, they, they thrashed the Falcons and, and excelled on both sides of the ball. Um, Jalen Hurts looked like the next Lamar Jackson. Um, both his arm and his legs seemed to have never failed him. Um, I want to say there was some statistic where he had the most combined I forget exactly what the numbers were, but some combination of rushing and passing yards. Um, he was like one of three players to, to have achieved that, and the other two were Hall of Famers. Um, Devontae Smith, I mean, what better way to start your uh, your NFL career with a touchdown on your first catch? Um, you know, Jalen Rager looked better than he did any of last season. Um and, and even the run game, you know, was, was still pretty solid. Uh, Miles Sanders, he he looked great. And the defense, um, I don't think a lot of us expected all that much out of him. Um, certainly not when you look at the linebackers in the secondary, but they held the line. They, they held the, the Falcons to, to two field goals. Um, you know, no, no touchdowns. Um, did, didn't force any turnovers, but you know, they didn't really need to because um, they kept stopping them on, on down. So... Um, all in all, an amazing game to watch. Now, I wouldn't be doing Eagles fans justice if I didn't temper expectations a little bit. Um, this, this is one week, and a couple of things to point out. First off, we know how horrendous their training and medical staff has been the past few years. Um, we did terrific with all of our guys fully healthy. Um, you know, We have to keep a lot of that up. Um, if, if we lose guys at the rate that we did the past few seasons, um, 
that, that that's not going to happen. Um, we, we had a full offensive line for the first time, and God knows how when all of our skill players were available. Um, our D line, same thing. So if we start losing guys, we won't be able to, you know, continue put, putting up these numbers. And secondly, the Falcons were were a pretty bad opponent. Um, not that we expected the shellacking that the Eagles put on them, but and the Falcons are, are a mix of you know aging players and and inexperienced uh, call-ups. Um, I feel like the best player is probably their kicker, Young Way Koo. Uh, he was the only one who scored for them. Um, hey, he's a good kicker. Don't don't knock the is. kicker. No, he is. He, I, I think he's, he's their athlete. best player. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got all their points this, this season. But, That's true. Um, good point. My, my, my point is that the opposition is going to step up a little bit for the Eagles, and they shouldn't expect this kind of route every game in and out. Um, but I've got no criticisms of their performance during game one. None whatsoever. They, they were just flat out amazing. And Jalen Hurts yeah. is clearly a locker room presence. The players respond to him in ways that they never really did for Carson Wentz. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember that, um, I think it was, was it the Sunday night football game against the Giants last year where the Eagles were blatantly tanking. And I remember, I think I said it on, on the podcast, the fact that you cannot bring this coach back and expect that locker room to, to buy in. And so, you know, maybe this new head coach and Nick Sirianni is changing the culture. I know he kind of botched his uh, opening uh, press conference, but certainly the way they played week one, uh, hard to complain with, with how they're doing so far. Yeah. And uh, Ian, I know you picked against the Giants in week one, so I'm not sure that you were surprised with the effort, but uh, maybe the extent with which they lost at home in, in their home opener has to be a little bit concerning for you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the same trends that we saw last year. I know going into the season, um, the offensive line is is kind of the biggest question mark. I think they were 31st uh, in offensive line stats last year. Their defense should be pretty decent, but the offense has to stay on the field. I mean, that's the issue is the offense barely had the ball. Saquon, you know, maybe rushed back, um, didn't do anything. He only had uh, 10 rushes for 26 yards. And Daniel Jones, my sense with him is if if he had the best offensive line in the league, he'd be an average quarterback. But with a bad offensive line, he's a terrible quarterback. <laughs> so I, I don't know that anything's going to change. I know there's a lot of hate for Jason Garrett on Twitter and, and other kind of Giants fan circles. His play calling is unimaginative. You know, guys just basically run straight ahead and <laughs> there's no creativity from the receivers. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not as much of an expert to really know that, but at this point, it just seems like a lot of the same from last year. So I'm all for uh, doing what they can to change things up. I'm sure they're not going to fire anyone after one game, um, but uh, it, it's to me, it's a much better chance that it's going to be a long season versus them competing. And I think this is one example where it's not an overreaction. You know, maybe the Packers getting blown out is an overreaction, but I think. You know, the Giants, it, it could be tough. And, you know, they have a game on Thursday night in Washington against, um, you know, the, the division winners from last year. And uh, not that the Giants have a super hard schedule. It's just it, it, if they start losing three, four in a row, I think last year they started, what, 0 and 5 or 1 and 5 or something. They had a really bad start last year. They kind of put it together, the defense did in the middle of the year. Um, but, you know, right now, I would say this division's going to be a lot better than last year i mean it was historically bad last year so this year we might have the cowboys the eagles the football team 
I think they all might be, you know, around eight and nine, nine and eight or, or better. So, um, we will see, but this is the last chance for, uh, Mr. Jones and, yep. you know, probably the whole regime if, if things don't improve this year. So I was well, hopeful that- last year that Gettleman would be gone. It didn't happen. And I guess I'm not going to start rooting against them yet, but <laughs> let's, maybe later. let's, let's establish a couple things up front on the record. So we have it here, Ian. So number one, Joe judge, you like him as a coach or you don't? Yeah, I have nothing against Joe judge. Okay. And number two, do you think that this Giants team is talented enough to make the playoffs? Uh, probably not. Okay. So I can't hear you say we got to fire Joe Judge later in the season. I didn't unless say he's regret- No, I'm just saying. Well, you're saying it now, but if the no, Giants are, are three and ten. I it's the roster. Right. Okay. I think it's the roster. I mean, there might be opportunities on, on the margins to get a little more creative, to do some interesting things with the offense. Again, I don't I don't want to say a hundred percent they need to be doing XYZ, but you know, they can't have guys running into each other as we saw this past week uh, on the offensive line. Like that's that's yeah. not professional football. Yep. Um Yeah, I, I like Joe Judge. I, I really like the way he had his team playing hard last year. The biggest concern to me is the quarterback. I, I think, I mean, two years in, you're starting to get to the point where he just may not be the guy. Way too many turnovers. He had a big fumble late in the second half. Um, you know, you just can't have that from the quarterback position. So I think to me, they can play hard. They can have some good skill players. But ultimately, if the quarterback is turning the ball over, uh, you know, it's it's hard to win games. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know I was very bullish on the Giants last year. I think the way Jones played in week one is not very encouraging. Again, you don't want to overreact, and you don't know how good the division is going to be. But, but there's I, a track record. Like, he right. hasn't been good for two right. years. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm very concerned about the Giants. I'm not sure that I'll be as uh, – I, I know I picked them in week one, but I was very disappointed with that. Um, I don't want to call it effort, but but the the end result there. So I may have to backtrack a little bit on picking the Giants. So I'll go to the Jets quickly. Jets lost 19-14 to the Panthers. Uh, The game was not as close as the final score would indicate. Uh, Look, you know, the Jets are rebuilding. They've got a new quarterback um, who looked very good in the preseason. I think the main concerns I have in week one are how awful the offensive line looked. I mean, Darnold had the same issues for three years, and Mekhi Becton goes down with an injury. He's going to miss, I think, six weeks. Uh, The Jets have to figure out a way to protect Zach Wilson, or he's going to go down the exact same path as Sam Darnold. Uh, Speaking of Sam Darnold, uh, he kind of looked like the, uh, the next coming of Joe Montana, when you put on a different uniform, um, you know, it, it's just um, it's just a punch to the groin uh, to see Darnold light up his old team in week one. You've got the, the 50-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, another former Jet. Um, I think it's going to be a, a tough year for the Jets. I do like the head coach, Robert Sala. He's got them playing really hard. I think he'll get the most he can out of this roster how much that is i don't know but you know you you think about these survivor leagues where everybody picks that one team identifies that one team that you pick against every week and i'm not sure yet if that's going to be the jets i think you you need a couple weeks to feel it out but uh a pretty uninspiring week one effort from the Jets. not effort i I don't i should 
I should again clarify that. Uh, just a, a disappointing output for the Jets in Week One. Uh, and Mike for the Bears, uh, 20-point loss to the Rams. I know the Rams are one of the favorites out of the NFC, so maybe an expected outcome. But there's already calls for Justin Fields to take over. It sounds like they, they want to wait a few weeks to do that. But what were your thoughts after Week One? First, I want to just say I'm happy for Matthew Stafford because I watched him toil in Detroit his whole career, and he was a good quarterback. He was consistently overlooked because the Lions never put it together around him. But now that he has weapons, and you don't even have Cam Akers, who is your top running back going into the season, Daryl Henderson looked fine. But with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby, Stafford has good line, good running game, good receivers. I'm really happy for him, and I think the Rams are the favorite in that division. So I was not surprised by the result. I was not expecting Stafford to play as well as he did against the Bears' defense, but I don't know how much of that is Stafford. I think some of it is, but I am the most disappointing thing. Andy Dalton did what Andy Dalton does, and that is he followed the game script that Matt Nagy gave him, which wasn't a good script. They didn't throw the ball further than, like, 15 yards down the field to Allen Robinson, which is a travesty. And I just felt like they didn't utilize... They got these weapons now, like Mooney, who's fat. They have a lot of speed. They're not utilizing their speed. So it wasn't Dalton's fault. I think that Dalton did what they asked him to do. The bigger issue that I see moving forward is twofold. One is the offensive line. I think one of the reasons why they're not playing Justin Fields right away is they want to protect him. You lost Jason Peters and also Larry Borum now, so you're down to your like third-string tackle, which was, to begin with, your weakest position on the line. And you could see Aaron Donald was getting like double and triple teamed, and so the Rams didn't quite get to Dalton. And to his credit, Dalton was releasing the ball after like two seconds. He was phenomenally quick. But that line is so porous right now that if you put Justin Fields back there and he's just getting beat up, I don't know if that does any good for his development. So the first concern I have was the offensive line. The second bigger concern I have is the Bears, as bad as their offense has been throughout their history, they're known for their defense. Their defense looked awful, especially the secondary. They could not stop anybody. And you saw a few blown coverages where... Cooper Cup got down the field completely untouched. And there was one particular touchdown when no one was in his vicinity. And also Robert Woods had a touchdown where he was wide open on a play. And a lot of that is the secondary. Eddie Jackson in particular was great his first couple years in the league. He got paid last year. Since last year, he's disappeared. It's like he's forgotten how to play defense. And it's just really sad to watch. So... The, the secondary, to me, is the biggest concern after this week. Then I would say the offensive line. I think whatever happens this year, the Bears aren't going anywhere. So whether they play Justin Fields for eight games, 12 games, whatever they decide, it's really just a development year for him. So I'm excited that Fields... Fields, the one thing I will say is get linemen before he plays a full season because I think he looks like in terms of poise and the talent that has been on display, 
I think he has a chance to be the best quarterback in Bears history. I know that's not a high bar to clear, but of the quarterbacks we've drafted recently, plus Jay Cutler, I was going to say we should roll. We should roll the WBRS tape uh, when they got Jay Cutler. (laughs) I think you made a similar comment. You broke that news. Well, in fairness to me, I was dealing with. I mean, you look at some of these names in the last thirty years that I've had to watch, and I've been dealing with. Jonathan Quinn, Craig Krenzel, Rex Grossman was great, but you know he could throw either five picks in one game or five. It's like Jameis Winston, but instead of per game, you get one week good, one week bad. But Adam, yes, I was excited when we got Jay Cutler. It obviously didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I think Justin Fields, in terms of talent, is a better, like, he has more potential and a higher ceiling than Jay Cutler did. So we shall see. I, I, I was thinking of you guys going into week one. I believe all four of our teams were underdogs for week one. So they were. That's probably going to no be surprise. a theme for at least Ian, Adam, and, and my teams. Mandel, the Eagles look good. So they they might be the only hope out of our four teams this year for a playoff spot. Well, this week yeah. they're all underdogs again. So. Yeah, but but uh, Mike, why? I mean, the Bears were on the doorstep of the playoffs last year, right? They were a game out. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They oh, lost. They did. To oh, they the were Saints the last team the, in the Nickelodeon oh, right, right. game. Remember, Mitchell right, Trubisky right, right, won right. the the Nick MVP award. Um, I know they made the playoffs last year, but their schedule is so tough this year that it's going to make it a challenge to win more than seven games. They have a brutal schedule. And last year they had a last place schedule, so they were able to get some yeah. cupcake wins. And to clarify, your team is favored this week. I know we'll get to that soon, but well, the bang, yeah, I mean the the yeah. Bengals are. We should win this game this week, but we'll see. All right, so so let's take a look at the our season prediction. So the four of us did document our picks before the season started. So let's stick with those, and you, know, you can kind of provide some context i don't think anyone will want to change their picks after one week but i think the way we'll do this is we'll have the you know the people whose division it is you guys can kind of do the full division preview and the rest of us will just make the picks and then the three divisions that none of us are affiliated with we'll just kind of you know quickly give you know some quick thoughts and and picks there as well so i think we should start with the nfc east which was by far the weakest division last year um, the Redskins got in, or the Washington football team got in with a losing record. Um, Dallas will be better with Dak Prescott. Uh, Washington has improved as well. Uh, Eagles looked really good in week one. Uh, Mike, uh, what, I guess what was your pick before week one? And, uh, you know, does the Eagles' week one performance give you a little bit of hope for uh, maybe a better season than expected? Well, well, before week one, I chose the Cowboys as a, what seemed like the only even halfway decent team of the four. I, I still thought that we would be a you know, fairly weak division and possibly the worst in football again. I don't think we all would have been terrible, but I, I you know, I, I, I did think that probably nine and eight would be enough to um to win the division with, with the Cowboys being in the lead, um you know, having a so far healthy Dak Prescott leading the way. Um it seemed like the the Washington football team last season they snuck in there at seven and nine with the Eagles basically handing it to them, uh, you know, and and I think even being the division leader at seven and nine in, in a bad division, I, I I don't see them as being all that good. And yeah, you know, the Eagles, um, 
it's a clean slate with Jalen Hurts um, coming into the season. Again, expectations were were very low. Um, they have an easier schedule than they did last season, but nonetheless, I don't think anybody expected much out of them. Now, after week one, it, it's only one week. Um, as I said, there's uh, what there's 17 more to go, uh, 16 more games for each team, but. Yeah, I think you'd be hard-pressed not to say that the division is a little more open than it was before Week 1. Um, if the Eagles keep any semblance of this up, they could give the Cowboys a run for their money. Um, I would love them too, as much as I love... I, I feel like I dislike the Cowboys as much as I love the Eagles. Um, so I really hope I'm wrong about them winning the division, but I, I've got to admit that they did put up a hell of a fight Thursday night against the... Um, the world champion Buccaneers, who, who were probably the favorites to, if not repeat, at least win the NFC um, as a repeat. Um, so I think, you know, I still have to stick with my pick, but I, I think it could be more competitive than I initially expected. Um, there could be a chance that both the Cowboys and the Eagles end up finishing over 500. One for the Cowboys. Ian? Yeah, this is one where... I don't know that I would have changed my pick going, you know, after week one, but the Cowboys impressive performance definitely, you know, was eye opening to me. I, I just thought there were so many questions. I mean, there still are in a sense. I mean, it was only one game, but I think Dak throwing the ball 58 times and, you know, ending the game without injury, I think is a big win for them, even though they lost. So I did, did pick Washington um, more of a, they won it last year. Their defense, I think is the strongest of the teams. Um, so why not them again? Um, but I think this one's pretty wide open. Uh, you know, all these teams should be a little bit better than last year, but I don't think anyone is going to be, you know, one of the, the top teams in the, the conference. So, um, you know, I guess I, I'll, I'll stick. I'm not going to, well, we can't change it anyway, but I'll, I'm, I'm okay with my, my Washington pick. I know they had the, the QB injury and Heineke is back in, but you know, he, he can probably, be competent and, and keep the offense rolling to an extent. Uh, but it'll be a defensive led team for sure. And, um, you know, see, uh, I guess we'll see this week how the giants can do against them in Washington. Wow. Yeah. In terms of this division, I like the Cowboys, as I said before, Dak looked great in week one. And I think that overall the Cowboys defense is strong enough where I, I know they're not great, but they should be good enough to support that offense as long as Dak stays healthy. The question is with their line, they're getting Zach Martin back this week, so that should help, and Zeke definitely should be better than he was week one. So I like the Cowboys in that division. The question will be for the wild card spot if the Eagles and the Washington football team, if they can stay afloat waiting for Fitzpatrick, uh, if they can stay alive. So I think the Cowboys win that division, assuming Dak stays healthy. If, if not, if he doesn't stay healthy, then it's kind of a three-team race, in my opinion, between the football team, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Not in that order. Um, so I think you wanna, have to... Do we want to unveil the wildcard picks as we're doing each division or just all at the end? I think at the... Well, I mean, I'll leave that up to you guys. I would do it at the end if you want. Okay. Yeah, all I would right, have revealed uh, mine if there were any for, for the East, but I didn't think any would come out of the East. Okay. Well, I, I, I picked Dallas as well. They seem to be perennial underachievers with that amount of talent. Uh, I think last year you throw away with, with Prescott being injured. But even if something were to happen to him, 
this year again, I, I still feel like they have enough talent on the offensive side to to win enough games to win that division. So I took the Cowboys as well. NFC North, uh, Mike, I think you you kind of uh, we can kind of deduce from your comments earlier who you picked, given that you don't think the Vikings are any good, you don't think the Bears won more than seven games, and I know for sure you're not picking the Lions to win the division. So I don't want to say the Vikings aren't any good. I I think that they're okay. I don't think that they're... I, I mean, it honestly depends on how Kirk Cousins is because last year he didn't look great and their defense had a lot of injuries. So if they get healthy and the defense stays healthy and Cousins goes back to how he played in Washington or his first couple years in Minnesota, they have a chance to get a wild card. But even despite Aaron Rodgers' performance week one, I'd be shocked if the Packers didn't win this division. So, Adam, you're right that I see the Packers as favorites. I see the Vikings, if the defense is good, then you have a shot at a wild card spot because they have a lot of talent. Um, And then the Bears and Lions, to me, the Bears, it's more of a function of schedule. There wasn't as much of a loss of talent as a change in schedule that that I'm less optimistic this year than I was last year because you look at their schedule after the Bengals it's it's brutally tough and I don't have it up in front of me but they have I think like I'll I'll pull it up when you guys are are discussing the north and and get back to it but they're gonna have a very tough time I see them at maximum going eight and uh, eight and nine this year um and then the Lions are uh, – Jared Goff is a downgrade from Matt Stafford. So I don't see them doing anything. Yeah, but they're going to – the Lions are going to bite some kneecaps off this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, according to their coach, yes. Yeah. But All right. Well, I think I think this is one of two divisions that we can all agree unanimously, uh, the Packers being one and I'm assuming the Chiefs being the other. Um, so let's move on to – the NFC South. Uh, I'm picking the Bucks here. Uh, I believe they were the wild card team last year, uh, at least coming into the season without uh, Drew Brees, Jameson Winston in. Um, I see the Bucks winning the division, although I do think New Orleans will have a good year. Um, so I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, I picked the Bucks to win. The fact that they maintained all 22 starters from the prior season has to be rare with it itself. But being the Super Bowl champion and doing that, I don't know if that's ever even happened. So I think they're the clear favorite and winner. But I do think that Saints are good enough to be the a wild card team. And especially with uh, Jameis Winston's performance in week one, I think it's hard to dispute that. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I know we'll go through our wild card later, but I also have – I think it'll be close. I think the uh, we might say a little bit of regression from the Bucks, even though they did bring everyone back. Everyone thinks they're going to be basically you know, close to undefeated this year. I think it's just you know more likely than not that they regress slightly, but um, they'll still be formidable and uh, probably go deep in the playoffs. But I think we should see a pretty competitive race to win the division. Yeah, I like the Bucks as well. I think you can't bet against Tom Brady at this point. So to me, the Bucks also are the favorites, and if Gronk can do what he did the other night consistently Turn this year, time. there and and Antonio Brown looked great, so they yeah. they looked even like better. Sixteen more games for Gronk. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't uh, bet on him doing that, but stranger things have happened. Okay, so we're all in agreement on the Bucks there. 
NFC West, in my opinion, the, the hardest division in football. All teams won their first uh, their first game of the season. I'm taking the Rams here. I think the Rams are one of the better teams in football. Going from Goff to Stafford is a major upgrade. I think uh, playing their first season in the new stadium with fans is going to be a huge edge for them. The stadium looks unreal on TV from what we saw Sunday night. I'm taking the Rams here. I was very impressed by the Rams. I agree with you, Adam. I think that they're going to be very difficult. Stafford complements that team really well. They're going to be better than they were with Jared Goff. So, And that stadium, by the way, the roof, I think, is engineered so that the sound will bounce off it and go toward the field. So the players can't hear anything. It's a gorgeous stadium. So Rams, NFC West champs this year. Yeah, I, I also had the Rams. Um, that said... Uh... I was debating between Seattle and with all four teams undefeated after week one. I feel like anytime these teams play each other, it's going to make for really competitive, close games. Should be really fun to watch. Um, you know, I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of hiccups with a, with a new quarterback, new offense, new coach, maybe the new stadium, but they, uh, you know, didn't miss, miss a beat in the first game. And uh, they have an exciting game. Just looking at their next home game in two weeks, uh, hosting the Bucks. That's going to be, definitely uh you know the game of the week i'm sure so uh very fun to, to check out the rams this year and uh and that division as a whole because we're going to see some great matchups but i'll also take la i went with the seahawks and largely because i underestimated them last year and, and particularly russell wilson I, I said he was a little over the hill that he was on the decline and how wrong i was so um, i'm going to give them their credit i think they're going to win a very tough division this season, um, but I'd be hard-pressed if um, any less than two wild cards came out of the West. Okay. Uh, and then I'll just give my wild my NFC wildcard team picks quickly. I'm taking the Seahawks out West. Again, that's a brutal division, but I do like Seattle. Um, I, I picked the Saints, so this was before I knew how good Jameis Winston would look in week one. I still think that talent, that roster has a lot of talent, um, you know, outside the quarterback position. So I took them, and then the Vikings are my third team. Look, I think there's always a team that is a little bit unexpected. Uh, they did have a down year last year, but the Vikings have been among one of the better teams in football the past, you know, five years or so. They had a lot of injuries on defense last year. Um, I'm taking the Vikings as my third team. Uh, Mike Weil. Yeah. So for my wild cards. I think that the Saints, I, I did this before last week, but seeing Jameis Winston the way he was, the Saints are my top wild card pick. And then I have the Seahawks as my second. I love Russell Wilson still. I think that he's going to lead the Seahawks to another playoff berth. Pete Carroll always has them in contention. And I don't necessarily trust Trey Lance yet or Garoppolo in that division against the Rams defense, against the Seahawks defense. The Cardinals look promising, so I wouldn't be shocked if they were the third wild card. But it's going to be a brutally hard division to have three wild card teams come from that division. The teams are beating each other up. So initially last week before Fitzpatrick got hurt, I had Washington as the third wild card team i really was excited about them going into this year they're underrated on offense their defense is a good defense and offensively you have weapons you have terry mclaurin antonio gibson and um 
their tight end. I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. I have him on my fantasy team in one league, but uh, Logan Thomas. So all all of those weapons are good, but the problem is now you have Taylor Heineke, and I don't know how great he's he is. Fitzpatrick is definitely a better quarterback. So now that he's out six to eight weeks, it could be tough. So. If I were to have to pick a second wild card now, I'd probably change it to the Vikings or the Eagles. Um, but I'm gonna roll with the. I know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke to well, I have them stay afloat. The division, so you and yeah, me there you go. You're not alone. I'm I'm the only one uh, on the Vikings. They'll they'll be my team this year. Uh, okay, so let let's go to the AFC. I know we want to no, try. We, we, we didn't all, we didn't we didn't give our wild cards. Oh, oh, my bad. Last, yeah. All right, ahead, I'll guys. get mine real quick because <laughs> there's excited. a lot of a lot of consensus already. So I'm I'm also going with the Saints, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. I think we'll see three playoff teams from that stacked Western division. Yeah, you know, similarly, I, I went with the Saints for the reasons I outlined, and with the West, it, it was which two teams are going to advance to wild card. It was hard to pick which one will will miss. Um, I think the team that'll miss it is, is the 49ers. I think they'll still probably have a winning season, but they're just not quite as good as the Rams and and the Cardinals, who I think we saw great things for them in week one, and I think it'll, it'll continue. Okay. A lot of overlap there. Sorry about that, guys. I got a little excited uh, thinking about good. the AFC East, although I don't know why. Uh, given the Jets have no shot there, uh, real quick on the on the AFC East, the Bills, the big time favorites, given the season they had last year, uh, I think they're bound for maybe a little bit of regression. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Week One loss against Pittsburgh. I think they'll be fine. Um, I know there's a lot of hype around the Patriots and Mac Jones, but this is a this is not your typical Patriot team. I mean, they. The defense is not what it used to be. They don't have the same number of playmakers. Mac Jones is a rookie quarterback, so I'm not sold on the Patriots this year. I'm taking the Bills to win the division, um, and I, I do not have anyone else. I do not have any uh, wild card team uh, out east. Mandel, who do you got? Yep. So I'm I'm picking the Bills to repeat. I. I... Felt like they were just too good um, coming into the season. They're going to have to do better than they did in week one. Uh, absolutely. The Dolphins, I think, are going to give them a huge run for their money. Um, I think they're going to build off of their impressive performance last season with having all of those draft picks eventually pile up and, and start producing. Um, don't think they're going to beat the Bills. I think they're a surefire wild card. Um, don't think we're going to see much from the Patriots or Jets this season. I will next then. Um, I I disagree a bit on the Patriots. Maybe it's just their you know their long resume and and Belichick, but I think they're going to be pretty competitive. And Mac Jones, yes, he's a rookie. There might be some uh, you know kind of learning curve there, but he's off to a fast start already. Twenty nine for thirty nine in his first game. Um, they seem to you know have a, a real running back that they're going to actually feature, which is not often a Belichick uh, team. Uh, item he usually loves to share it but damian harris 100 yards i know they lost at home against miami but i think the the pedigree with that team i think they'll they'll keep it close that said i do think buffalo will uh will again win the division while oh, wow. did you make your pick no not yet so for the afc east i have buffalo 
I think that they're going to win the division again. I love Josh Allen. I love that, you know, the offense seems like it's clicking and their their defense is is solid where they're going to be able to neutralize teams like the Patriots, the Dolphins and the Jets who all have young quarterbacks. So, I like the Bills. All right, let's move on to the AFC North where I think you could make an argument for three different teams. They had uh Steelers won it last year, twelve and four. Baltimore and Cleveland were both eleven and five. I picked the Steelers to repeat, and the way they played in Week One was was very, um, you know, certainly makes me feel good about that pick. Uh, I think Roethlisberger's got enough left in the tank. I think they've got enough offensive firepower. Um, they've got a little bit of young blood at running back with Najee Harris, so I do like them. I was, I think the Browns are going to be good. I was a little bit concerned to to pick them to win the division just because they're the Browns and I know the Ravens have had, uh, have been decimated by injury with, uh, their, their top two running backs and some guys in defense. So I picked the Steelers to win the division. Yeah, this was, right. this was I can, oh, go ahead. You got it. Man. No, I, I was going to, again, I disagree a little bit. I, I see Pittsburgh. I know after week one, they're looking good. Cleveland lost. Um, but Pittsburgh, I think may take a step back. Roethlisberger is not going to, you know he's going to start aging at some point, so I, I'm a little bit down on Pittsburgh, and I am going to go with Cleveland making that last jump and uh, winning the division. I think they, you know, their offense is pretty stacked, um, returning a lot of players, and I think the defense is relatively formidable. And they have the experience last year of, you know, a lot of people had them last year, and they they played well. Um, so I see them continuing that play this year. I'll, I'll go with the Browns to win the division. Yeah, this was a tough one here, and I, I I actually echo Ian's points on the Steelers. I coming into the season, I saw them as a team in decline. Um, very impressive in Week One, so maybe they'll prove us wrong. But uh, I was debating between the Ravens and the Browns. It was probably the toughest choice I had as far as the division winner. But at the end of the day, um, the head-to-head matchups have been so ridiculously one-sided between those two teams that I could not pick the Browns until they proved that they can actually beat the Ravens in a head-to-head. So I'm going with the Ravens. And I'm just looking at the schedule. They play each other uh, on back-to-back weeks with a bye in between for the Browns. But very wow. interesting for, for the Browns. They play Baltimore twice in a row in uh, Nove- late November and December. Yeah, this is going to be a fun division because we all have different picks. I have the Browns like Ian. I think that their offense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. You have the dual threat with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I was very encouraged with the way they hung in in Kansas City on Sunday. They, they played well and... I look for them to break through and win the North this year. I think that their defense is strong enough, and they have a lot of top picks on that line, and their secondary is is solid. So their defense is going to be good enough to support what should be a great offense. Okay. AFC South, I picked the Titans. I think they are clearly the best team in the division. Um, Houston, obviously, uh, or not obviously after the way they played in week one, but probably uh, a down year without Deshaun Watson and no J.J. Watt. Jacksonville, to me, as I mentioned before, I think they're going to be one of the most compelling teams to watch. I don't think they're going to be very good. It's hard to bounce back from a 1-15 season um, you know, and, and win too many more games the following year, but I'm, I'm taking the Titans. Does anyone else uh, feel differently on, on Tennessee? No, I, I like them. We agree. Okay. All agreed. Much as I like the Colts with Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, I don't think they're going to compete with the Titans. 
and the AFC West. So maybe we don't have uh, too much. Just it, we may all be in agreement outside the AFC North, um, the West. I think we're all in agreement on Kansas City. So maybe we should just um, unveil the wild card picks. Okay. Yeah, so, that sounds good. You want to start, Mike? Sure. So for the wild cards, I kind of was looking at the schedules this year. So I. I mean, I took the Ravens. They're going to have a tough schedule, but I, I think that with Lamar Jackson, he's going to return to MVP form. He has to now. I mean, the, the loss of Gus Edwards is big for them. But I think that defensively, the Ravens are going to be up there again. And offensively, they have enough firepower that they should end up getting a wild card spot, in my opinion. They're a good enough team. Like Ian, I see the Steelers taking a step back. I then have the Colts. I think it's a function of their division. It's it's a weak division. They're going to have a favorable schedule. Um, and Carson Wentz, to me, will... I, I, I know that he wasn't great last year, but I think that he'll have a better year this year, and they have enough young weapons like Michael Pittman and uh, Taylor on offense to, to be a good team. And then I'm taking the Dolphins. Again, a function of schedule. The AFC East, to me, is a weak division. I like Tua maturing and the Dolphins defense was one of the best units in the league last year they're very underrated and I I like them to grab that third wild card spot so Ravens Colts Dolphins for me how about you Ian um so I I already mentioned the Patriots I think they're gonna have a strong year so they're one of my teams the Steelers uh, I don't think they're gonna win the division but I think they'll they'll be able to take the wild card I just think the the depth of the AFC is is not as strong as the NFC so I do think the Steelers you know partly their pedigree Tomlin's got to be one of the longest tenured coaches I think they'll be able to to make their way into the playoffs and then my maybe a little bit uh outside pick is the Chargers taking that next step um, this is partially a, a hopeful pick because I happen to have their quarterback and running back in fantasy. So, uh, you know, they're a little bit of a trendy team with Herbert and Eckler. And, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing that scares me is they have no fans and <laughs> they have no home field advantage. It's always a road game, even when they're playing in a play. But, uh, you know, I, I like seeing a new team compete and, and they're they're on the upswing. So They got a nice new stadium, though. I would assume that fans will show up at least to see the I new stadium. I think they just don't have many fans. <laughs> They're still in San Diego. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So for me, the uh, the, the Dolphins and Browns they were easy choices. They were they were pretty obvious picks for me. I you know had a hard time choosing who's going to even win those divisions. Um, so I think they'll easily run away with wild card spots if they don't win divisions. Uh, the third wild card that that was tougher for me. It was between the Steelers, the Colts, and the Raiders. And at the end of the day, I decided to go with the Raiders. Um, you know, the Steelers, I already talked about, um, great coach, um, have a very successful franchise, but I, I do think that this is going to be a little bit tougher for them. They have a very tough division. Um, and, you know, with Roethlisberger aging a bit, um, didn't think they'd quite make it. Um, the Colts, I love the combination of Frank Reich and Carson Wentz, um, but I don't know that Wentz has the talent around him to – to make it quite yet this season. Um, so I went with the Raiders. I think that they, they significantly beefed up their O-line this season, um, and that, that was a problem in the past. And listen, John Gruden decided to give up a lucrative, cushy broadcasting career to go back into the trenches and coach. He knows what the team's weaknesses were the past two seasons. They had strong starts and couldn't finish. I don't think he makes that same mistake three times in a row. Um, he, he knows that he his career is done if he uh, – 
if he collapses again at the end of the season. Um, so I think they're ultimately um, going to make that third wild card spot. And my wild card teams, I'm going with the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, Cleveland really impressed me last week, even losing to Kansas City. Uh, they, they came out really strong in the first half. Baltimore uh, Baltimore is a team that, that could struggle this year just because of the injuries. I mean, Lamar Jackson is really going to have to put the team on his shoulders. So uh, I did pick them to make the wild card. And then my third team, like Ian, uh, I'm going with the Chargers. Uh, a lot of young talent. Uh, Herbert, I think, is the real deal. Uh, they beefed up the offensive line in Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Um, the Chargers have seemed to have lost so many close games over the years um, that I think they finally figure out how to how to win some of these nail biters. So I'm going to take the Chargers. I think the extra wild card spot certainly helps them. So I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, okay, so I know we're uh, we're at about an hour. So I guess quickly we'll give our Super Bowl picks, which I don't think we documented in the uh, in the Google spreadsheet we have here, and then we'll very quickly make our week two picks before wrapping. I think we'll probably hold off on, on final thoughts this week. So real quick, Super Bowl picks. Uh, Ian, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all going to probably have a, a combination of a few teams, but I'll go, I guess you could say, sort of chalk. Um, I, I think the Bills will, will take it out of the AFC. Um, and then the AFC, or sorry, NFC, I... I, I guess I'll stick with the Rams. Um, so I'll, I'll go with Rams, Bills, uh, you know, some of the top teams, but not seeing a repeat of, of last year. So who's who's hoisting? Oh, who's hoisting? Uh, how about the Bills? Let's let's make it happen. New York okay. football. How about that? While who do you got? Ian, I love it. I, I love the Bills pick. I'm not going to take them. <laughs> I, I, I think to me though the. Uh, by the way, that's you... not chalk. That is not chalk. The, the no, chalk. it's not. Chalk would be no, I'm, about about to, yeah. I'm about it's to go chalk. The, I mean, and I say, I say that until you beat the champs, you got to pick the champs. So so KC, Patrick Mahomes, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. Um, this time though. I'm gonna do it. I mean, it's stupid. If you're gonna pick the Bucks to get there, you can't pick against Tom Brady. But I'm sick of it. Although I'll probably, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I think I'm gonna take the Chiefs though. Here, it's hard to win back to back in the same matchup. So I like Patrick Mahomes this time to avenge his loss last year, defeating Tampa Bay. Not Tampa Bay this year. Also, they're not gonna be in their home stadium, so that may be a factor. And there'll be a crowd. So um, I like the Chiefs over the Bucks, and I, I even though I would rather see your Super Bowl because that would be more fun. Yeah, you know these picks are just really we're we're who knows. So why not pick something up. a little? Bit? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would enjoy Ian's Super Bowl scenario as well, and I uh, I I feel like I would want to choose Mike's picks because I, I I think that's actually what is most likely to happen. But since we're doing this for fun here, I'm gonna. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's going to be a Chiefs-Seahawks Super Bowl this time, that the Seahawks are going to be hardened by their significant competition throughout the regular season. They'll best the Bucks, and they're somehow going to find a way to beat the Chiefs, uh, Russell Wilson knowing it might be his last shot to, to win another Super Bowl title. Mike, you realize Russell Wilson is like 32-something? Yep, exactly. He, and I was wrong about like him last year, so I'm going to make up for that. 
Okay. I'm just. I, I'm not saying he's going to decline. I'm saying that the team might not be able to, you know, maintain their status for for much longer as a whole. Okay. That, that, that's what I'm saying, especially with the division where it's I, at. Yeah. I just. I just think uh, we'll be we'll be hearing from Russell Wilson for for a while. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you're right. Uh, a variation of of these teams here. I'm taking the Chiefs out of the AFC. I think they're clearly the best team. Uh, it will take someone's perfect game to beat them in the playoffs. So I'm taking Kansas City. And then I'm going to take the Rams out of the NFC. I think it's really, really hard to repeat in, in football. And you've seen even Tom Brady's won all these Super Bowls, and I don't think he's ever won back-to-back, at least not in, in the last decade. Um, and I he has not always gotten I think he did in 03, 04, maybe. He right, did. the early the early years in that first yeah. one. But in this, these last three that he won, or four that he's won, uh, I don't think any of them were back-to-back. So I'm taking the Rams, uh, and then I, I like the Chiefs to, to, to beat the Rams, and Mahomes gets his second Super Bowl. So those are the picks. We will hold ourselves accountable to them and uh, looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. So real quick, we'll wrap the show with our week two picks. I know we're a little bit rushed here with the full season preview, but next week I think we'll be able to uh, break down the games in a little bit more detail and look ahead to week three. So I think the way that we'll do this, will whoever's team it is, you can give us the full analysis and the pick, and then the, the rest of us will just kind of uh, follow behind with, with just the picks, no analysis, just to, to keep this under two hours. Uh, so Ian, the Thursday night football game of the week, we've got the Giants at Washington. Uh, am I reading this correctly? Oh, yeah, Washington is favored Washington's by three. Favorite. Yes, yeah. right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, and we could probably keep the analysis pretty brief since we've talked about all the teams, uh, you know, in pretty great depth. But, um, you know, I think the Giants, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to probably pick against them, assuming the line's under a touchdown. So I'm going to take the football team at home to win by more than a field goal. One of the mics want to jump in. Yeah, I, I think the Giants being a turnover-happy team is not going to sit well against the Washington football team defense, so I've got to go with Washington. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mike and Ian here. I like, even though Taylor Heineke's a quarterback, Washington football team giving three at home, go with them. Ooh, this is a tough one. I was so on the giant bandwagon last year as far as picking against the spread, but I was I was very disappointed with the way they played in week one. So I'm going to go with you guys and, and take Washington. Doesn't the line seem a little small? Like I feel, I'm a little surprised it's only three. I'm very Taylor, surprised. Taylor Heineke, it's the, the people don't people know don't how he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bengals at Bears. Bears back to 1 o'clock start time. Bears are three-point favorites. Uh, Mike, do you do you see the Bears covering here? I do. Uh, if there's a game that I see them covering this year, it's the home opener against the Bengals. Now that I've said that, they're not going to cover, but I have to pick them here. The Bears should cover this game. Yeah, I'll jump in. I, I think one overarching theme that I saw was the underdogs had one of their best weeks ever, even in outright wins against the spread last week. So everything Wild said makes sense. The Bears should win by three, but I'll go against them. I'll say the Bengals keep it close or maybe pull out a last-second win on the road. I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Um, I, I, I didn't like the way the Bears played last week. You kind of wonder whether... The whole team is bought in on Dalton. Um, sorry, Mike. 
but I'm taking the Bengals tier. Listen, if the Bears win, it's better for me. So that's true. Yeah, you know, I, I think if it was a neutral game, I might have taken the um, the Bears. That I think the defense will step up for their fans. Um, but given that the Bengals are getting three points, I'm going to go with them. Um, I think they, okay, they impressed so, last week. So three of us for the Bengals. And Mike Mandel, you had the best week last week uh, as far as picks are concerned. So we'll have to keep close uh, close eye on who you're taking here. Patriots at Jets. Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorites despite the Jets playing for their home opener. The Jets have been playing New England tough lately, and I know I said I'm not big on the Patriots, but uh, I'm going to take them here uh, even with the points. I just have concerns about the Jets being able to put up enough points. So give me New England here. Um, I guess I'll go. This one's tough. I don't. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, so I could see the Jets sort of how they did last week is you know kind of get a late touchdown to make it close. So I'll go with the Jets to to cover but not win. I I think the Jets will cover. Um, I, I don't think the Patriots are that much better than the Panthers, um, and with the Jets being at home, I think they'll they'll make it happen. Oh, man, I don't like this. You guys all picked against the Jets last week. Now two of you are picking them against the Patriots. So, so just for fun, Adam, because you picked against the Bears. I oh, mean, no, all three you of you do? picked them against the Bears. <laughs> this will be fun. Oh, I'm no. going to take, take the Jets here home, getting the points. I want to pick an underdog. And Mac oh, Jones no. is still a rookie quarterback. So I think that the Patriots could win by, like, a field goal. It'll be close, but... If it's close, then the Jets win that bet. So all right, so it's a it's a win win for me. The Jets, exactly. the Jets play well, or I pick up a game against you guys. All right, it, I'll take exactly. It. <laughs> Niners at Eagles. Niners are three and a half point favorites uh, on the road against the Eagles. Uh, Mike, what do you think here? Yeah, I mean the the homecoming reception for the Eagles is going to be out of this world. Um, after last week, I. I I don't see the 49ers playing all that well against that kind of current. Um, and the Eagles have matched up quite well with, with the 49ers the past couple of years. Um, so I'm going to go with the Eagles here. And Ian, who do you like here? I think I've picked second every game, but that's okay. Oh, sorry. Um, hey, I just kind of arbitrary. Fine. I've got, I've got one eye on the Mets game um, who, who just yeah, tied it up in the bottom of the night. trying to wrap so. up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will. I'll also take the Eagles. It seems a little big the spread for the 49ers to be favored by more than a field goal on the road. Um, so, it, you know, looking at it objectively, seems like it's an easy pick. But that said, we know what happens in those cases. So, I think the Eagles will continue their their good play at least um, you know this week against the 49ers. Okay, I'll jump in here. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners. Not really for any particular reason. I I could see maybe the Eagles coming back to earth a little bit. Um, As good as they looked in week one, I think people had pretty modest expectations coming into the season, whereas it may be the opposite for San Francisco. So I'll take the Niners here. I believe that means I've picked against all of our teams this week. I'm going to take the... I'm going to be a homer and, and take the Eagles here. I think that home opener, I love how the offense looked, and... 
I'm still skeptical about the 49ers a little bit. I, I didn't love the way they played against Detroit. And again, if the Eagles lose by a field goal at home, they still cover. So Eagles. Okay. And then the, the last, so I guess that's two games that I am against you guys. You have so final game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you got to make these picks with conviction. Game of the week. I've chosen Dallas at the chargers. Chargers are three-point favorites uh, at home. Uh, although I like the Chargers to uh, win the wild card this year, and I think they've got an explosive offense, I'm taking the Cowboys. I was really impressed with the way they looked in Week 1 despite the loss to Tampa. Dak Prescott looks healthy. Uh, this should be a very high-scoring game, so definitely um, appropriately our game of the week, but I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Why don't you go last here? <laughs> yeah, this will be a lot of fun to watch. I'm going to go with Dallas here as well. I like Zach and Deke with... Sorry. I like Dak and Zeke with the points. And um, I'm going to go Cowboys. They're going to they're gonna win probably by like six. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Chargers this time. Both teams impressed last week. Um, no doubt. And I... I think the Chargers, you know, with this new stadium, um, it's going to be a significant home field advantage. So I think they'll win and that they'll cover. Um, you know, the Cowboys have, what, 12 days to prepare for this game? I think um, that may be a factor. Um, I think I'll go with, with you guys and take the Cowboys on the road to uh, to keep it close and maybe even win as, as much as it pains me. This is also fun because Adam – Mandel and me all have games where we're the lone pick for that respective game. Ian, you're with all three of us. There's a good amount form. of differentiation. We only agree on one game. Yeah, well, if, if you looked at last week's picks, I, I was out on my own for two of the games. One was the Steelers, which I won. The second one was the Jets game, which I know we have a little bit of dispute over what the final line was, so... I guess you could make a case. I was I had won both of the games I, I went out on a limb for. So we'll see what happens this week. And, of course, we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday night, so the lines may move a little bit. So if that is the case, we'll give each other the opportunity to potentially switch if, uh, if there's a, a large shift one way or the other. So that'll do it for another edition of the Sports Cafe. Uh, I know we ran a little bit long, so no final thoughts this week. Uh, From Ian Gus, Mike Mandel, and Mike Weil, I'm Adam Rosen. We'll talk to you soon.